everybody. Thanks for tuning in to episode six of the podcast for teaching and learning. On this episode of the PTL, we sit and talk with the co-chairs of PCRED on ways we can support all students in and out of the classroom, especially our students of color. Take a listen. Hi, welcome back, everyone. Um, gentlemen, I don't know about you two, but I've been looking forward to this conversation since we put it on the calendar a few weeks ago now. Uh, our guests today are the incredibly talented and I don't know, they're just some awesome people. But today they are representing PCRED, which is the President's Commission on Race and Ethnic Diversity. And they are Dr. Monique Alexander, um, Assistant Professor in Elementary Education, and Mrs. Emily McLean, who is a student success coach in the Office of Inclusive Excellent. Ladies, welcome and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So real quick, uh, Dr. Alexander, PhD in CNI from Penn State, not going to hold that one against you. Uh, master's in education from the Teachers College at Columbia. Listen, if you're not an education person, you probably don't know this, but the Teachers College at Columbia is legit. It's like <laughs> the place for education in for teacher education. So I'll give you credit on that one for sure. Uh, bachelor's degree in biology from Bucknell where you were also an All-Patriot League sprinter, by the way. Why do you have my bio? <laughs> Listen, there's a lot. The internet does not lie. Well, maybe it does. Actually, I know it does. But Those are all facts. Those are all see? facts. Look I earned that. that. <laughs> you did earn that. All-Patriot League sprinter. No one ever accused me of being a sprinter. I think they timed my 40 in college with a grandfather clock. <laughs> you a wide receiver and not fast i wasn't a wide receiver i was an outside linebacker i used to weigh i used to weigh a bit more yeah it's a little different yeah and emily um certainly not a slouch either so master in education in higher ed administration and student personnel with certificates in teaching college and academic advising from kent state you got a bachelor's degree in english summa cum laude i think that's how you say that I obviously didn't earn that. I can't even pronounce it. Uh, from Duquesne with a minor in PR and digital media. So once again, we have, if people listen to our last few episodes, we had our students on here. Then we had Ashley Lowe on here. So the ladies of the rock are just killing it on this thing. So, man. We and have I, receipts. You have what? We have receipts. Those are our receipts like right here because we did all that amazing and awesome work. So it is amazing and awesome. And, and Emily, I think one thing I want to touch on real quick before we start getting into uh, all things P credit in this conversation, you were an alum or are an alum of Upward Bound, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I actually started my career in higher education working with TRIO programs because of the experience I had in Upward Bound. I am a first generation college grad first one of my family to even go on to grad school. And so um, paying back to those TRIO programs and acknowledging them is just such an important part of my personal and professional identity. Yeah. That, you know, when I was going through your bio, I mean, that was one of those things that stood out. I mean, to you and to all the other first generation college students who know we got a lot of them here at Slippery Rock too. I mean, just hands down respect for everything that you all do. Um, so can you take just a brief moment and for maybe people that aren't familiar with Upward Bound, just kind of give us the 
a quick rundown of that program? Sure. So yeah, Upward Bound is a federally funded grant that exists at a lot of colleges and universities where those um, programs reach out to high school students and they help them prepare for college. Students in Upward Bound are generally from first-generation college student backgrounds or perhaps from a low-income economic background, and they get the resources and connections and tools to understand the dynamic of getting ready for college and also get socialized to that college experience. And so when I was in Upward Bound um, many years ago now, uh, we did weekends on campus. At, um, I was in the Clarion area. So at Clarion University, I'd spend my weekends doing these campus days. And then in the summer, I got to spend six weeks on campus in a residential program taking college credit in high school. And then in my senior year, we toured different schools. I got support with my college application process. Um, it's just, it's an amazing opportunity and uh, really allowed me to have my eyes open to what it would be like to be a college student when that wasn't the narrative I was hearing at home because my family didn't have that background. It's awesome. It's an awesome program. And, you know, congratulations because, you know, you being you and where you are now is, is fantastic. So. Thank you again, ladies, for joining us. So today, though, we do want to talk um, all things PCRED. And so, again, PCRED stands for the President's Commission on Race and Ethnic Diversity. And I guess we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge, you know, here on this podcast that, like, this topic, right, like racial and ethnic equality and social justice and equitable opportunity and access. I mean, it is such an important conversation, not just here at Slippery Rock, uh, not just here in Western Pennsylvania, across the country and across the globe. I know we could talk for hours about this subject and I would love to. And I know your charge from President Barry, if people haven't read it, I suggest going on the PCRED website, taking a look at that document because dang, I mean, there's a lot to digest in there. So you two have quite the challenge ahead of you um, not just in terms of the conversations that that we're going to have, because some of them are going to be some, you know, some difficult conversations. There's there's times in this discussion where some things that we're going to say may not, you know, align with other people's beliefs. And here's the beautiful thing: we're all adults, you know, we're all respectful of each other. And today, our focus is going to be how can we help our colleagues, how can we help faculty, you know not just address or become aware of these issues, but actually start making some changes, making some changes, whether that's in the way we teach, the way we advise, just the way we interact with, with all of our students. And so again, I've been really excited uh, to have this conversation with you too. So I, I really appreciate it. Um, but if you would just take a minute and just kind of give us the rundown for anyone that doesn't know, what is PCRED and sort of your mission? What are you trying to take on? Go on, him. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so... They, they just, there was a little rock, paper, scissors game that went on for <laughs> all of you people watching at home. I was about home. to just start, like, pointing down at her, like, Monique, you go. Yeah, so PCRED is one of the commissions... Um, that where the president is able to direct us, right? So it's out of the president's office where the president can kind of tell us what in these different specialized areas are we trying to do on campus? As PCRED, we have to be focused on what other areas of campus focus on race and ethnic diversity. So we have several ex officio members from the Office for Inclusive Excellence, Global Engagement, who are 
sharing with us and coordinating with us around the work that they do every day in their offices. And we provide support. And so really, we are supposed to be figuring out uh, what are the areas of growth for SRU when it comes to racial diversity and equity on campus? And how do we support in the programming? How do we provide recommendations to the president on things that need to improve or change, such as policies, practices, procedures? Um, and then how do we also bring in new opportunities or at least advocate for new opportunities that are going to make things more racially diverse and equitable? So it, it does focus on that lens for both students and faculty and staff. Um, in some semesters, we've done a lot of looking at hiring practices, right? We've, we've done a lot around supporting um, programming and, and thinking about how do we bring the awareness to campus around the different issues. And this semester, as you've seen, we have a very specific charge. There's a lot of parts to it, but that's really where our energy is gonna be going this semester. Monique, did I miss anything? No, that was beautiful. Yeah, and again, Go on that, that website, look at their document. I mean, it is the charge from President Barry is, is it's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's intense. Um, and it's all yeah. things that, yeah, necessary. Absolutely. Um, and I think the conversation today, you know, in the context of everything, not just, you know, what's going on social politically in our country, the crazy strain, change in instructional modalities, just in the way that our students are receiving their education in the way that we're delivering that education as faculty, you know, that's also brought to light some inequalities and some issues and some gaps and some things that, you know, again, maybe we weren't thinking about in February, but now it's like slapping us right in the face. And it's probably a good thing. I tell my wife all the time we have this conversation, awareness is easy, change is hard, right? So we have the awareness, now it's on us to make the changes. And so I guess that's one of the things that we want to focus on today is how we make that change. Monique, I think you said it really well. You did an interview or a piece with The Rocket last spring that talked about PCRED. And you said, our commission wants to be the face of equity and inclusion on campus. So of those uh, are topics you are knowledgeable about or ones that you find important and valuable to the campus community, then our commission is the place for you to be. And I think that says a lot about sort of where you all want to go and how you want to do that. So do you want to talk on that one for a minute? Sure. Um, I think that even though PCRED has been in existence far beyond the time that I've been at Slippery Rock, um, recent you know, social injustices, the, the murder of black and brown bodies and just the general um, malaise of what it means to be black in this country and how difficult it is, um, all of those things have surfaced during the pandemic. And so um, since lots of people have had time to process and digest that information and, and um, we all um, kind of had time to realize that this was um, an opportunity for us to change that experience, for, especially for our students on campus, um, we were approached by President Barry to um, figure out what are the changes that need to happen at Slippery Rock immediately or in the next 18 to 24 months um, so that our campus can be more equitable um, and our students of color feel as though um, they are at a campus that loves them and that belongs to them and that features them and that um, helps them reach their goals. So, um, like, I just believe that this is the time for us to do it. Um, I, I think... 
Um, we uh, social movements move and ebb and flows. And right now we are at a revival. And so we have to take advantage of the opportunity to um, make systemic change so that Slippery Rock becomes the campus that um, it advertises itself to be. Yeah. And I think that goes re- I mean, that the, the message, the, in the environment, the culture, the community, I mean, that's one of the things in, in your mission statement uh, you you can go on their website and, and look at the commission's mission statement. One of the things is, you know, creating this climate of acceptance, inclusion, safety, and equity. So what does that look like? I guess in an ideal situation, what does that climate of acceptance, inclusion, safety, and equity look like at SRU? Like, what are we going for? I mean, I think one of the big um, kind of fundamental um pieces of dissonance that people have around issues of equity is that um, it's it's sometimes invisible to people. And although now we have awareness, right, we see statistics and we can see what's happening on the news, the systems that are in place that create that invisibility are actually the places that need remediation. And so um, for me, and I think also for Emily, um, we are interested in tearing down systems that um, both knowingly and unknowingly um, differentiate from different groups of people and give things to some people and keep other people from achieving those goals or um, having access to um, services or having access to experiences. And so um, I personally think the first thing we really have to do is we all have to step back and realize that we live in We live in a system. Society is literally a system that we have all built so that we can move easily throughout the world. And sometimes parts of those systems aren't equitable. Um, Once we can break down those inequitable pieces and rebuild them so that they feature people who look different from you um, and they're written by people who are different from the people who have previously written them, um, we can start to see where um, there are spaces for more equitable, more inclusive, um, more socially conscious um, spaces. Yeah, and I think that ideally, this looks like having a. Uh, we want physically for our campus to be more diverse, right? This will look like having more people of color at the table and giving them voice. But I also think it looks like all the white people in the room realizing that this is a conversation that they should be at too, that they should be advocating and that they should be supporting that we can't put diversity work in one little office. It's not the job of just one person and it's not the job of one black or brown person. It is white people's role and responsibility to be allies and advocates. And so ideally, every office and department would be engaging in professional development around these things. And that professional development would provide space for our campus to grow and to be inclusive. And I think that also um, when that happens, we'll see a decrease in those microaggressions and that subtle racism. We'll see a decrease in the overt racism. And are we going to change everybody's mind? No, but I do think that we might see less situations where a student says, hmm, 
you know, I am a black woman and I was told not to pursue this STEM major, but then there was this white guy next to me that's being encouraged to take that, you know, high level math class. Uh, and so we want to see less of those instances. We really want the implicit bias to be something that everybody's engaging in conversation around. So that way, you know, with education, with awareness, we will see those small acts that will lead to a more inclusive space. Yeah, well said. And and I think one of the most important things you said in that was this is not something that is just going to be undertaken by the black faculty or the black staff or the brown faculty and the brown staff or one office on on this campus, that it is going to take, you know, a, a collective effort. Uh, one of my favorite voices in in this movement and just in general, uh, he's a fantastic person, is W. Kamau Bell. You know, and the other day on Twitter, or it's Twitter or Instagram, I don't remember which one, but he just put a simple post and it was just text and it was, your black friends are emotionally exhausted. I saw that. And <laughs> I thought that was incredibly appropriate because yeah, it's, I can, I actually, I can't imagine. Um, and so, yeah, we can't keep looking at, you know, our black faculty or our brown faculty or our diverse, ethnically diverse faculty and be like, okay, you guys fix this for everybody because that's just not the way it works. That's not the way our campus is made up. Um, so yeah, I love that idea of that. And, and honestly, in, in the president's message, you know, it was like, well, we have to do this together. Like you two are taking this on and all the other PCRED folks out there and OIE is taking Office of Inclusive Excellence is obviously taking this on too. Uh, but yeah, you can't do it alone. Um, so what does that look like, I guess? What does this look like in the academic domain, right? Because this this podcast is for for teaching and learning. And so we want to... We want to empower faculty and then equip them with some skills or some things that, that they can take back to their advising, their teaching, just their overall interactions tomorrow or today. Like, I'm a firm believer in, in changing human behavior requires us to make little steps towards bigger, bigger things. And it's really easy for us to make smaller changes now that can lead to greater changes later than trying to tell faculty you know, let's make a system-wide change today. So what does this look like or how does this conversation find itself in the academic domain? You okay. to- <laughs> are still looking at each other. Look, we're yeah. used to dead air on here and we can fill it with whatever <laughs> nonsense we want while you two figure out. This is the problem with trying to record these podcasts via Zoom, right? They're not in the same room as each other being like, you go, you go. They're looking at each other like, you want to take this? This is us all the time. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> Again. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Okay. Um, for, for me as a faculty member, um, this is so silly, right? And Jeremy, don't like slap my hand when I say this, but um, the first question I want to ask faculty are, do you have any brown research students? Do you have any brown, um, do you have any students of color uh, that work in your office staff? Um, Do you have any students of color in your clubs? Um, Do you have any intimate relationships with students of color? Do they text you? Do you text them? When they're not in class, do you email them or do you call them? Um, And so for me, um, as a faculty member, I have, as a Brown faculty member and just in general, I have been um, 
trying to ensure that I check in with myself um, and make sure that I am providing the same opportunities to my black and brown students that I would for any other student that walks through the door, right? And I'm also trying to do a much better job of realizing that some of our students, whether or not they're black or brown, do not know the norms of college, right? So I'm not going to admonish them or not provide them with additional assistance because they don't understand how to, you know, fill out the new hire paperwork or they don't understand why it's important for them to engage in an internship where they don't get paid or, or an assistantship where they can get paid. Um, so I, I mean, the first thing I, it's blunt, but I'm just kind of like, if you really care about equity and diversity, then you would not have a slew of white female and male kids doing your research. There, ha- there's gotta be a brown kid in your class, right? Where's that person? Um, yeah. Dr. Laura Kelly is one of my really good friends. Um, and we spend a lot of time talking back and forth about whether or not we've jacked something up or not. And, um, so she is, you know, she's always there for me and I'm always there for her when, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I said something in class and I'm pretty sure that was the wrong thing to say. Let me, let me uh, read this back to you real quick. And so she can be like, oh, Monique, no, you need to see the follow-up email and you need to fix that because that was not okay. Or no, 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 that was fine. It's going to be fine. So it's nice to have a check-in partner. Um it's nice for Laura to be my check-in partner as well because she'll send me, you know, random tweets in the middle of the night about injustices that have occurred at other universities so we can be like, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. They will drag you on Twitter. So, uh, I mean, it's just really jumping into a culture of wanting to learn and grow. You can't do it by yourself. We have a huge anti-racism social justice webpage that was launched in June, June or July. And what is that webpage? Um, do you have it? Memorized. Yes. Actually the whole entire, the whole entire URL I've memorized it. I (laughs) I mean, how do you find it? Like you just, I'm going to pull it up right now. What's the name? Like, what can we tell people? Hey, just open up Google and type this. When you go to, you, you can just type in an internet browser, SRU anti-racism resources, but you could also go to the SRU.edu webpage. If you go to um, life at SRU, the very first thing in the panel on the left is anti-racism and social justice resources, or you could type in anti-racism in the search bar, but either way, it it should take you there. So now I know who to ask which questions to. (laughs) I also just pulled that up on my screen. Appreciate it. Good. All right. Good to know. I Google it. (laughs) Sorry. I was going to let you just say Google it. I wasn't asking for the URL. I was just going to give me a name. No, it's okay. People on this site, so we're going to give them 10 different ways to get there. For sure. (laughs) H-T-T-P-S. Seriously, to add to Monique's point, like, I think knowing knowing that like starting is like half the battle, right? So like if whether or not you're interested, do a temperature check. I don't think I should be saying that in this COVID environment, but do a check with yourself. 
And, and we laugh, but it's not funny, but it is yeah. funny. So if you, you can't probably laugh, should do that too. You should yeah, probably you, you do should both. Take a physical temperature check and then then your emotional one as well. Social emotional. Praise for that. Yeah. But like um, there's all kinds of different uh, resources on that webpage that you could use, or even just thinking about um a cultural competency, Google that and, and look at different questions. Like, where do you sit with your white privilege? If you're white, where do you sit with issues of bias? Like just kind of reflect on that and see where you have room to grow. And, and I think that once faculty take the time to spend reflecting and and engaging in those conversations and finding the accountability partners, like that really gets you started and puts you in a position to be more aware. And, and that awareness is what allows you to then act. And so we we need to do the awareness part first. Um, but to Monique's other point about, um, you know, asking those questions around what kind of students do I have in my space? I used to work for a program that it was another uh, TRIO grant, uh, McNair Scholars Program, that socialized undergraduate students of color to the graduate school experience and helped them get ready for PhD. Nice. Um, it's an amazing program. A part of that is having those students connect with a faculty mentor and uh, go through the research process in undergrad. Uh, As the coordinator of that program, I facilitated the training for the mentors to get ready to work with these students. And one of the biggest barriers that I would experience is faculty not feeling comfortable talking about identity with their students. And so for our faculty members, if that's where you're at. If you're having trouble talking about race with your students and maybe you're white and and you really want to mentor a student of color, but you don't know how to bridge that divide, um, seek the resources available to you through PCRED, through OIE, through the Center for Teaching and Learning um, to, to start making some progress on how do I address this? Because having those open conversations and being able to talk about personal stuff with students is what really fosters that relationship and create, create that inclusion. Yeah. Also, and I think, okay oh, go ahead, Manny. No, sorry. No, no, go for it. It's okay not to know. Right. It's it's actually okay for a faculty member to say, listen, I'm I'm actually really trying my best and I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to use um, a euphemism or another ism that is incorrect. Please correct me. Right. Like you do have the power. Right. Like our students have the power and the agency to know when we are saying something that's not okay. Um, and I think all over our campus, we do need to make sure we are empowering our students to speak up to their faculty members when things are not going well or when something is said that is inappropriate. So it's okay not to know. It's okay to make mistakes. I mean, like I'm a black person and I make mistakes all the time with people of other ethnicities, cultures, and religions, you know, but, um, as Emily said, acknowledging where you are on that cultural competency continuum that's going to help a lot. Yeah. And, and I think that anti-racism and social justice resource webpage, I mean, you start off, the, the page starts with the quote, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. I mean, I think that, I mean, that's it, right? Like we can't make these changes until, and, until we start to acknowledge them and we can't just pretend, you know, go ahead. I, I see I, Monique being like, to- I want to say something. No, 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 because we have to shout out Melissa Ford, assistant professor in the history department. She was the um, 
uh, subcommittee chair for the anti-racism and social justice webpage. And without her leadership, that page would still be a figment of our imagination. So I just had to say that publicly. For sure. Thank yeah. you. Nice job, Melissa. Uh, Emily, I do want to ask you because you hold a unique position. You are one of our student success coaches. So you get to interact with our students in a way that that maybe Monique and and me and Nick and our other faculty don't. So can you just talk about that, you know, that lens there? I mean, in your bio, it says your focus is on educational equity and ensuring that students from all backgrounds have the support and opportunity uh, to succeed. So what does that look like from the student success yeah. yeah. So our success coaches were trained by a company called Inside Track. So we're certified in advanced student coaching. And what that means is that we we basically help students development or develop in all of the non-cognitive areas. So what does it mean to reflect and be self-aware and, and assess my habits and grow and improve in any area, whether it's personal, academic, or social? And in a lot of ways, we're referring and partnering with other areas on campus, right? We're connecting the student back to their advisor or to career education team or student support. Um, but what, what we do in that session is, number one, I get to know my students. Like their voice, their narrative is central to me being able to have any kind of progress with them. Number two, we figure out what is it that's a barrier for them or what, what do they need support around? And we dig in. I ask a ton of probing questions. Like I get to know them on a very um, personal level. And then we, we brainstorm together and it's very co-constructive. So my role is to empower my students, give them agency and voice and making progress in whatever's coming in their way. And when it comes to issues of equity, sometimes they're sharing with me, right, that, you know, I don't feel like I belong here. This is not a place where I feel like I fit in. And here's why. I've had so many students share with me microaggressions that they've experienced or you know, just not feeling like a certain major is welcoming them. Um, and so when we have those conversations, we talk about what's in their control and what's out of their control. But in the back of my head, I'm also thinking about, okay, in my role on PCRED or with other colleagues on campus, how can I talk about what the university controls? The student can't control that, but That's the right. university could make some change. And so with the student, I'm trying to empower them. Um, and then I go back with, with my colleagues and we think about how can we, how can we make things better? Yeah. And I think that reflecting it back on the university community is important. And I want to go back to that one question that, that we touched on earlier is how can we as individual faculty, you know, what can we do today, tomorrow in our classes and in, in the way we advise? What's something that, that if someone listening to this can walk away from and be like, okay, tomorrow or today, I'm going to do this. That's a really good question. When you narrow it to one thing, it makes me think I have to think of like the very best. Okay. Thing. So no, and that's the thing. I don't want you to think of like okay. the very best, right? Like think of, like we tend to think of this as like a new year's resolution. Like, like I'm going to do the best okay. thing. Well, when we do okay. new year's resolutions, they usually last a week. I don't want it to last a week. I want it to last forever. So what's one thing that we could do? All right. I'm going to give one A and one B. Okay. So. One A, of course. <laughs> so. 1A. Um, I, I think that one of the things our students struggle, our students of color struggle with the most is being one of only in isolation. They're in a class. They are the only one. They, it's hard for them to get into groups with other people. It's, it's hard for them to find study groups. Um, and sometimes they're expected to be the voice of all brown people for some reason, right? 
that's A1. Please do not expect our students of color to be the brown voice. Yep. Right. I, I and many I don't I don't mean to cut you off there, but I I can say from my own personal experience, look, we do not have a lot of students of color in the College of Education. My classes are mostly white female students. And inevitably in education, we get to topics of culture and race and ethnicity. And I have to like really hard not look at the one student of color in the classroom in the conversation be like, I, you're up. Like, this is it. It's you. Like you're the voice. And I, I, so I'm trying to be so mindful of it. So yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good one. But that leads to one B, which is inevitably when you're talking about issues of race, equity, diversity, inclusion, even if it's not, this is like a rule that doesn't have to do with P credit, but like if it's student of color, LGBTQAI, like, um, someone who's grown up in a foster system, like, I don't know, someone who's lived a non-traditional life, whatever. Right. And someone in the class makes a comment that's disparaging against whomever, right? It is actually your responsibility to correct that in the same manner that that person delivered the comment, right? Mm. Not, I'm not saying like, um, uh, like in the tone, but disposition wise, when someone says, you know, in your class, well, you know, black people go to prison because they commit more crimes. Mm, actually, no, that's a system of oppression where more police officers are in brown, black and brown communities. And thus, there are more opportunities for black and brown people to be arrested. And so I think it's important for faculty members to, one, not call on their brown kids or their whoever kids to get information. And also, when someone says something wrong, don't let it pass right? You are the professor, like you are the facilitator of learning. And one of your responsibilities of facilitating learning is to ensure that the information that is learned is accurate and correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I would add to that. Yeah. I would add to that and say, this is the success coach in me coming out, set an actionable goal today. The thing you can do today is set your actionable plan of, okay, this semester, these are the things that I'm going to grow in. I'm not going to grow in all of them today, but I'm going to sit here and mind map out the areas where I can improve. I'm going to find an accountability partner to have these tough conversations. I'm going to add a diversity statement into my syllabus. I am going to bring in OIE to talk to my class. Like think about what are the concrete things that you can do to improve and make a plan, a plan that has teeth. If we just sit here and say all the time, like, yeah, I'll get better sometime. Like we don't make change and we don't grow. We don't improve. So sit down with a pencil and a piece of paper, old school and map out a plan and come to PCRED for some support. Like we want to support y'all. We are so excited to be doing this work and, and we couldn't do it without you. You're going to be the ones that make change on our campus. You're amazing. That That is it. Yeah. That's amazing. That speaks to the behavioralist in me too. Yes. That's what I love. It's good for, you know, it's good. I've been quiet too, just taking notes. Um, And, you know, Emily, as you talk, I, you know, and Jeremy, we talk in a lot of ways, the CTL is kind of like coaches for faculty. Right. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of pedagogy, but then also, you know, technology and things like that. And, and, you know, we talk a lot about the system and not being alone and it's not just one individual's task, right, to tackle all of these issues. And so I very much see the CTL as part of that system. And 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 I'm interested in learning more and working with y'all how the CTL can be um, more impactful in terms of 
communicating some of these opportunities for change. So Emily, all those things you just listed, when we work with faculty on course design, we can say, hey, have you been thinking about this? Because we do it all the time with like, oh, like OER and stuff like that. Like, hey, have you, cons- have you thought about finding ways to not have students spend $300 on this textbook? But then other things like, you know, have you considered this a particular approach to your, your teaching that is more inclusive? Right. So I love this. This is this is fantastic. So I'm definitely going to be talking to to y'all more about how we can build some more of those things. Even our mentoring program, Jeremy, like a faculty member that could be a mentor to to one of their colleagues in this area. I think it'd be pretty awesome. I love that. See change happening right now. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, for real. Conversations. I love it. So ladies, on that note, um, what is the best way to reach out? I know PCRED's got its own email address. It is just P-C-R-E-D at S-R-U What about you personally, social media? How can they get a hold of you? Well, that's a good question because I am a dinosaur when it comes to social media. You and me both. (laughs) For one of my my doc classes, I have to start using Twitter this semester. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I would say just my SRU email. Monique and I monitor the PCRED email, so you can get us there. But um, my SRU email is emily, E-M-I-L-Y dot McLean, M-C-C-L-A-I-N-E. There is an E at the end at sru.edu. And uh, either way, we'll make sure we get back to you. Uh, PCRED does have a Twitter account. Um, We're at sru underscore PCRED, um, P-C-R-E-D. Our Twitter account is up and running. I do have a personal Twitter account. If you find me, then we can be friends, but I can't tell you. (laughs) Come on. I mean, listen, am I going to get fired? Fine. You can follow me. I'm at Dr. Mo Alex. That's it. Hit me up. Don't ask me any questions about my content. Ladies, one final question. If you had any superpower in the world, what would it be? Um, I would have that clock where you could like rewind time, like that one in Harry Potter that Armani gets. Yes. Time Turner. Yes. So she can, because I'm Armani, right? Like I just want to do everything. (laughs) And so like, I just need to go, I need to do six o'clock again. That's mine. Yeah. It's so selfish. It's not going to help anyone. What's yours, Emily? So I wrote, being an English major in undergrad, when I was in junior high, I wrote a poem about this remote that would allow me to be able to go back and and not necessarily go relive things, but be able to go back to those moments and have those memories um, because time was just moving too fast. I know, right? And I won, I won like, it was an eighth grade. I got like an award for that thing. I was so proud of that. Of course you did. (laughs) My gosh, such a nerd. But no, I I would love to be able to like go back and fully like re-experience a moment, not change it, but go back and like, um, even if I was just a, a fly on the wall, like re-seeing it. And I'm such a sentimental sucker. So <laughs> I think that would be, there can't be enough pictures or scrum, like I cry every time I look at pictures of my girl when she was just born. Like I can't. <laughs> you too. The position between us is yeah. so perfect. <laughs> you two are fantastic. Uh, once again, we cannot thank you enough for oh, just wait. coming on here and, and chatting. Go ahead, Emily. Just so you know, Emily is now going to be pursuing her EDD in higher ed- administration and leadership. Administration. Boom, that thing. That's 
right at Edinburgh. So look oh, out for that. IUP. IUP. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what Nick's for. <laughs> that's all Listen, right. Thank you, ladies. We really appreciate your time and your thoughts and the work that you have done. And I know the work that you're going to continue to do. And, you know, echo Brian's sentiments. We're going to be reaching out because we all could use some success coaches in life. Um, So for sure, once again, appreciate it. Keep doing all the fantastic things that you do and uh, we'll be touch. We'll be in touch. Sounds good. Thanks guys. Thank you so much. The podcast for teaching and learning is produced and edited by me, Nick Artman, assistant professor of communication. Your hosts are Jeremy Lynch, Associate Professor of Special Education, and Brian Danielson, the Director of the Center for Teaching and Learning at Slippery Rock University. This podcast is sponsored by the Center for Teaching and Learning at Slippery Rock University in Slippery Rock, PA. The mission of the Center for Teaching and Learning is to serve as a resource for faculty that fosters a culture of excellence and innovation in teaching, learning, and scholarship. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast for teaching and learning wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.